Hello, and welcome to episode 65 of Outnumbered the Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss overcoming homeschool obstacles. We've got seven common obstacles that people face when starting to homeschool. And keep in mind that we recorded this episode about a month before the current worldwide pandemic situation hit. But we still think there's enough really good advice in this episode, and maybe even more so now that so many parents are being forced to homeschool. So we hope that you enjoy what we have to say on overcoming these seven common homeschool obstacles. Hello, and welcome to Outnumber the Podcast. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Audrey. We're experienced moms to a combined total of 18 children. Our mission is to help overwhelmed parents find peace in parenting and humor in the chaos. Come join us as we attempt uninterrupted conversation about parenting with joy and intention. Hey guys, welcome back. Today's episode, we are talking about homeschool, and this is one of our favorite topics, so we hope you guys like it too. This is not just for people who are currently homeschooling, um, but it is for anyone who has maybe felt the nudge and um, and not gone through with it because of many all the many obstacles they see in their way, right? Um, so the, the point of this episode is not to um, convince anyone that homeschooling is right for them, but rather if you have felt drawn to it at all to help you overcome some obstacles. So we hope that it's helpful for all you guys listening. Okay, so we are going to start with a um, kind of funny, heartwarming little quote that I found on Instagram. Um, I found it on an Instagram account called Homeschool Quotes, and it's by Sarah. She says, growing up, my absolute favorite dinner was plate of little things. My single mom would slice cheese, apples, crackers, hot dogs, dry cereal, whatever, and we would eat it in front of the TV. I told her that recently, and she gasped what? Those were the nights I failed. I didn't cook a thing and I was too tired to talk to you guys. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Goes to show it may be just when we fail that our kids feel the most happy. (laughs) Oh, cute. That's really cute. I thought that was so sweet. Yeah. I I thought that was perfect leading us into um, a topic that makes so many of us feel overwhelmed sometimes, but, um, but we still feel led to do it. So. Okay, I'm going to start us off today with a really nice quote I found that is applicable to today's topic of homeschooling. It's by C.S. Lewis, and it says, Children are not a distraction from the more important work. They are the most important work. And then I also find a funny quote. It says, Don't question your ability to teach your child. Question putting your child into the same institution that left you questioning your ability to teach your child. Okay, so we're going to start out with um, sharing our own personal things that we had to overcome before homeschooling. Just like there's probably hundreds we could share, but just a short overview. One of my obstacles um, was that I was going to school for elementary education, but I didn't finish my degree. I stopped after two years. And as I like to joke, I got my MRS degree. (laughs) I got married. (laughs) I got married. (laughs) Yeah. So then I thought, well, okay, can I really do this? Like, do I have the qualification, et cetera? Well, so one thing I did was I attended a homeschool convention, a really, really big one in a convention center. And that totally turned my idea of teaching because I had been going to school to to teach in a public school, going to college um, to teach in a public school. And it turned 
everything upside down on its head. And I realized after attending this homeschool convention, just walking through the vendors and listening to the lectures and doing some of the hands-on things and visiting with other homeschool families, what I realized was it's all about obtaining knowledge. It's not all about using the knowledge you currently possess. So when you go to college, you kind of specialize in, um, let's say you're going to you know, be a geography teacher. And then you, for the next 20, 30, 40 years, you share that your knowledge with all the students that come through your class. Well, homeschooling is completely different. You can't possibly possess all the knowledge. And so you learn right alongside your kids. So our homeschool model motto is learning to learn. And that is how I overcame um, my insecurities and my doubts about being able to homeschool my kids was when I realized that I was going to be on this journey right along beside them and it was going to be awesome. Okay. I'm glad you shared that because one of the obstacles I actually didn't add to this um, episode that we're going to talk about is um, the fact that you're not a teacher. That is one that I hear as well too. Well, I'm not a teacher. Well, I don't know. I don't know math. I don't know science. And so I'm so glad you brought that up because it is all about learning together. And there is so much that my kids have learned that I never knew. There's so much that we've learned together that I'm learning right along with them. So, 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 so good. Um, I personally had my own obstacles, pretty much a little bit of all the ones we're going to discuss today. Um, but I will say that my number one reason for homeschooling, what made me finally decide to do it was that I just felt like it was the right decision. I just felt inspired to do it. And, um, you always know that it's like a thought higher than you when you go into it kicking and screaming, right? (laughs) Or like your brain is creating excuses while the thought keeps coming back and back. So that's how it was for us. And now I am so grateful and I see so many wonderful things that have come from it, but it does not mean that it's pretty or perfect or that I don't have days every week where I'm like, what am I doing? But I'm definitely seeing that so many obstacles that I had a problem with were really irrelevant and, and, and how vital it's been for my kids to, to follow this path. So we're just hoping that if you feel the nudge to homeschool or look into it more, that maybe you'll get some answers today. Right. So we're going to discuss six obstacles and our refuting answers (laughs) to those obstacles or, or how we have come to reconcile these obstacles in our own homeschool situations. That's right. So the first obstacle I'm going to bring up is time. So most people do not think they have enough time to homeschool um, because it takes public school like six to eight hours a day to teach your kid everything. So what do you have to say about that, Audrey? (laughs) I have to say that if Bonnie and I with nine kids and homeschooling and running our own businesses and having a podcast, if we can do it, you can do it. Uh, No, but when I was going back to when I was in my teacher training in college, they told us this was um, a long time ago. They told us that we would have 10 minutes per day of direct instruction. So use it wisely at the third grade level. And then we would have 15 seconds of one-on-one time with each kid per day in a 30 student classroom. So take advantage of it. And so sometimes, some days when I'm having, you know, really off day or I've got to run errands or whatever, like, well, at least I gave my kids 10 minutes and 15 seconds. So they're good. They at least got a public school education today. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent point. But if you um, are familiar in with any homeschool kids, you realize that most homeschool kids are ahead of their peers. And this is because 
um, that student teacher ratio is so much smaller and there's less disruptions, even when there's eight other siblings running around. <laughs> um, and so they're getting more education in a shorter amount of time. And then the final um, answer I have to this obstacle is that um, we know a dad who homeschooled his kids after work from kindergarten all the way through high school. And he went and worked a very intense job, eight, nine, 10 hours a day. And then he would come home and homeschool his kids in the evenings and weekends. So <laughs> if he can do it, you can do it. Wow. That's incredible. Ah, I love that. That just gives me chills. Yeah. Yeah. And my, and my thought about this is that we have so much more time uh, one-on-one with our kids or in small groups than they would ever have um, in, a, in a classroom of 20 to 30 kids, that we are able to focus on the essential things that we want our kids to learn. They don't waste time waiting in line, waiting for other kids to catch up, waiting for people to pay attention, um, waiting for the bus. Like all So much of the time they spend away from home and school um, is wasted. It's not on education at all. Um, so I actually have several blog posts about homeschooling, and I'll link to all of them at the bottom, but one of them is about the biggest gift that homeschooling has given us. And I'll just tell you now, the spoiler alert is that that biggest gift is the gift of time. I really feel like we have so much more time in our schedules than all of our, all my kids' peers who go to school because of everything I just mentioned. We just stay home and are able to get a lot of things done. Agreed. That I, I couldn't agree more. Plus the flexibility of the schedule. You can take vacations when you want. Right. You can choose to go to Disneyland when everyone else is not on spring break and, <laughs> and et cetera. So you, you, the flexibility of time is such a beautiful thing about homeschooling. Yeah. And, and along those lines, I just had to mention that um, it, it you can follow the ebb and flow of your family, right? Like when I had twins, uh, many people asked if I was going to put my kids in school so that I wouldn't have to deal with newborn twins and these little kids. And I thought, no, because then I have to wake up early and pack lunches. <laughs> no, thank you. So instead yeah. we stayed home and we did not get any traditional schooling done that year. I can attest to that. But we learned a lot about babies and we learned a lot about caring for mom and all of the other things that were essential that year. I would challenge any parent who has a child in public school to, in the course of one week, time yourself how much time you spend helping them with homework. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And you'll realize how much time you do spend helping your children with their education. Okay, obstacle number two is my kids would never listen to me. What do you have to say to that, Bonnie? My kids don't listen to me either. <laughs> <laughs> This one always makes me laugh a little bit because I'm like, who boy. Yep, we deal with that too. So much so. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the patience aspect of this soon. But um, I I just have to say that teaching and learning is just life, right? So me as a parent, I understand my kids better than anyone else in the world will simply because I'm their parent and I've lived with them since day one and I understand them, right? So a stranger would almost never be more qualified to teach them. And the trick is to, instead of acting as a public school teacher would, which is do this, do X, Y, and Z and bring it back and you get graded because my kids don't listen to me like that. But instead I try to inspire them to learn the things that I want them to learn. So this is so, this is so huge. It's at the crux of all learning. Every child has to eventually figure out that they want an education, right? You might be able to shove some things down their throat here and there, but by the time you get to college, if you don't want an education, you're not going to go to college, right? Yeah. 
So the earlier kids can learn this, the better and more well-rounded education they will get regardless of where they are. But unfortunately, I think that school often um, uh, does a lot of the work for them. And so they come to this realization later on in life. Whereas homeschool kids, I cannot force my child to do things they don't want to do. Whereas a teacher might be able to because they have this this different authority, right? And and the and they have grades hanging over their head, right? So instead, I have to teach my child responsibility early on or else he won't get an education. And I think that's pretty healthy. I'm actually really grateful for that even though it takes some kids a long time to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I I would ask someone um who said my kid would never listen to me. I would say well, do they ask you for homework help? And then do they take your advice and listen to your answers? So maybe they are listening to you. <laughs> um, but then going back to what I said about our homeschool model, motto being learning to learn. If you're learning right along with them, the source of knowledge is not you. So they're not listening to you. They're listening to the author of the book or the writer of the curriculum. And it makes the pill a little easier to swallow if the knowledge isn't coming from mom, it's coming from outside of mom. And, you know, this renowned scientist wrote this book about chemistry and why wouldn't they listen to them, right? Right, exactly. Um, And then that leads us right into the obstacle number three that I alluded to, which is I could never have the patience to homeschool. So what do you think about that, Audrey? Well, I didn't have the patience to homeschool either. And some days I still don't. But I'm learning that patience isn't something you have or you don't have. It's a learned behavior. So if I want to be patient with my children in the future, I have to start practicing patience with my kids today. So it means maybe a little 10-minute session with them where I am extremely patient. And then it might mean 10 or 15 minutes where they play outside and I take some deep breaths and drink a little sip of something nice that makes me feel better. And then we come back and do it again and practice again. I don't believe patience is something that because I don't have it today, I can't have it tomorrow. I I feel like this is something that I have to learn every day to be a little more patient. So if you don't have the patience, learn it. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of the point of life, right? Is to improve and constantly be better. Right. When people bring up this obstacle, I have to be completely honest, it makes me feel really stressed out because then I compare myself to the example, you know, the best example of patients I've ever seen. And I fall so short that I think, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't be homeschooling. I yell at my kids all the time. I get impatient and they don't do what I want, et cetera. (laughs) But like you said, being separated from them is not how I practice patience. I practice patience by being with them day in, day out. And um, Audrey and I talk a lot about self-care. And when you homeschool, this must be number one because your patient's getting tested day in and day out all day long. You have to take care of yourself or you'll go crazy. And so that's something that we have developed we have, you know, office hours and walks we take alone and, you know, hiding in closet or whatever it takes <laughs> to, to take care of ourselves so that we are fully present when we're with our kids practicing these skills to develop patients. Um, it's not easy, but I'm so grateful for the skills that I've learned by being with my kids all the time. Um, and I'm not saying that you can't develop those skills if your kids go to school, but I just think that that is such a... Um, trial by fire kind of a thing, you know, like you're all in it together. Let's figure this out. Let's work it out. And you have so many more experiences to develop wonderful skills together. Um, I think that, I think that the purpose of families is, is to develop these skills. We're put together to learn and grow together and to stretch each other. 
Expensive chocolate, Bonnie. It all comes down to expensive chocolate. <laughs> yep, I got some of that too. <laughs> Self-care time, you just nibble, reward yourself with a little expensive chocolate and it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, seriously. Um, going on to obstacle number four, I don't have the energy to be a mom and a teacher to my kids. What do you, what do you say to that, Bonnie? Well, I think we alluded to this earlier too. I think we need to stop thinking about school as anything separate from just life and parenting in general, right? We don't, you know, if we're stay-at-home moms with young kids, we don't separate our day into, well, this is discipline time right now. And now I'm going to, now this is showing love time. And now, you know, it's just all part of motherhood. Sometimes they need discipline and sometimes they need an extra dosage of love. And sometimes they need some playtime outside. And sometimes they need to be independent. That's just life. And when I started to, when I, when I got this and started to see school as life, like the, the, the school of life <laughs> is that we're, when we're gardening, we're learning about the plants in our yard and we're learning about dirt and we're learning about worms. And when we're cooking, we're learning about fractions and we're learning about chemistry and all these other things. Um, it, it just kind of blew the lid off what I thought homeschooling was. And it's, it's been so much more pleasant ever since then. Yeah. Um, I would ask somebody who says they don't have to be the energy to be a mom and teacher to the kids. I would say, well, what are you using your energy for and how can you manage your energy better? Okay. So here's the um, time I'm going to refer to the Live Live Free Creative podcast in this episode. (laughs) She has um, a really good episode. We'll link to it in the show notes all about energy management. So what are you using your energy for and how can you preserve it? What what better purpose could you use it for than, than to help your child with their future? So in my opinion, teaching doesn't take much more energy than helping with homework. And I have heard from my friends who kids go, kids go to public school how much time they spend helping their kids with homework. And it is hours, hours a night. And I don't think that teaching takes more energy than that. The difference to me between helping kids with homework and um, teaching kids as the homeschool teacher is that you choose the curriculum. So you will be more excited and enthused about it instead of reading some inane textbook that somebody else has chosen and everybody's forgotten who the author was and nobody was excited about it in the first place, you get to choose the curriculum. So you're going to be excited about it and you're going to get enthused in it. And like I've been saying this whole episode, you're going to be learning right along beside them. So I agree completely You know, with what you said that everything is learning. Everything you do can become learning. And the difference is that you will be excited yeah, I love that. I remember when we talked to Rachel Kovac and in her guest episode, she talked about uh, her own specific strengths that they were different from anybody else's. And instead of comparing what she was teaching her kids with what other kids were learning and, oh, I don't have the skill to teach them X, Y, and Z. Instead, she was focusing on the things that she was passionate about, that her kids were learning sewing and knitting and crochet and these wonderful handicrafts that she was so skilled at. Um, And they might not have sports skills and that's okay because that was what she chose to focus on. We can't, you know, teach everything. And and that's true of any kid, no matter where they they get their schooling. Um, But if it's something you're passionate about, that's going to radiate onto your kids and they're going to pick up that passion and probably have some of the same passions. Yeah, I remember what she was saying too and, and how that really struck a chord with me. Okay, so obstacle number five, we do not have the money to homeschool. We don't have the money for books or other resources. 
What thinky? <laughs> well, our most popular episode is how to afford kids. So I know a lot of people are looking for this kind of information. But um, if you listen to the episode on how to afford kids, that's the same way all those things apply to how to afford homeschooling. <laughs> so you make it work because it's your priority. Um, but there's so many ways that you can homeschool on a dime. <laughs> As the saying goes, there's the library. And if the library in your town is small, um, try the library in a next bigger town and make a once a month trip and stock up. And we, we did that for years. Um, the library was our biggest source of books, whatever we were studying civil war. Okay. We go and stock up at the next bigger town and yeah. And when you are buying books and supplies, don't look at the cost and think about, wow, I'm spending 130 bucks on a microscope for one kid. No, actually I have 10 kids or six kids or four kids. And so divide that among four kids. And it's actually really not that expensive once you factor in using it across multiple children. That can be a way to help rationalize um, spending money on homeschooling. Find other homeschoolers and share resources. Um, we go through history on a four-year cycle. And so the other three years, the other three years that we're not studying, I'd be delighted to loan those out to people and have them come back in because they're just sitting in a box in the basement while we're going through the other years. Um, and I'm sure every other, every homeschooler is the same way that they have years, um, ages, curriculums, things they're not using, or you can share a microscope or you can share, there's lots to share. And then I did want to share, um, there's tons and tons of free online resources, but I wanted to share one specifically. It's called Khan Academy. Do you guys use Khan Academy at all? Yes. Yes. We love it. It started out just math and then he added in science and then he added in a whole bunch of other um, curriculum areas as well. It is an incredible resource and I still cannot believe that it's free. Like he's got a donate button, but I cannot believe the amount of good information that is just free on his website. It's videos for math. Um, so it's like a teacher teaching. And anytime, like we don't use Khan Academy exclusively for our math, but anytime my kid is struggling with a concept, I send them to Khan Academy so they can hear it um, maybe in a different way than I'm teaching it and it'll click for them. So definitely highly recommend Khan Academy, not only because it's free, because it's really, really good. Yeah, it totally is. I'm blown away that it's free too. I'm like, I love this day and age that we live in. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, I love all your resources too. And I have to just say right at the outset that right now, where we, the time of life that we live in is the information age. So if you've studied the industrial age and all those other um, historical ages, technological age, whatever, this is the information age, which means that we have unlimited information at our fingertips. And sometimes we get a little jaded and we forget that this is not normal, right? This is not, no people in the history of ever have had anywhere <laughs> near, even like a tiny fraction of the information that we have accessible to us on our computers and in our pockets. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I think you'd have to say that it would be impossible for one person or even one family or one homeschool to ever conquer all the information that's out there. Oh, yeah. Absolutely not. Never, ever, ever. Um, and so think about the difference between sending a kid to a classroom with one teacher and one brain 
shoveling out knowledge for this for these kids to to uh, you know absorb versus your kids going out and finding the information for themselves amidst this just smorgasbord of information. It's it's there's so 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 much. Um, I will. I just want to piggyback on yours. The the sharing of the resources. Um, just about every town in America has uh, homeschoolers in it. And homeschooling communities love to share resources. So there are people that like to lend them out. Um, there are homeschool book swaps. So we've been to lots of those where we bring curricula or um, classics or whatever that we're not using anymore and we swap them around. Um, there are also uh, schools, specifically charter schools. I've heard of charter schools that are willing to allow you to borrow supplies just like a library. So a friend of mine does this. Uh, she lives in Utah. So that's something to look into. There are also um, very often um, scholarships or, or state appointed funds for homeschoolers if you're not using the public school system. So there are so many resources out there if you just go looking. Um, we personally use public libraries a lot. We use eBooks a lot, which are great because they never get banged up and they never get lost and they never get torn and kids can just, you know, you just pass them down to the next kid. Um, you know, Wikipedia. And do you remember the time when people came door to door, Audrey, and tried to sell encyclopedia sets? (laughs) Like we're dating ourselves here, but yeah, you Mm. used to have to buy a set of 15 to 20 books as big as the Bible each of them to learn anything. And now you just turn your computer on. So I just feel like you, it can be done so inexpensively if we really search for resources. Um, and, and we absolutely can spend money on supplemental supplies. There are so many cool science kits and art supplies that you can buy for your kids, but we absolutely do not have to if we're trying to do it affordably. Yeah, we could probably do a whole episode about how to afford homeschool. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Maybe we should. Okay, so the last obstacle we're going to talk about today is number six. My mom, neighbor, friend, husband, fill in the blank, thinks I'm crazy and couldn't pull it off. (laughs) What do you think, Bonnie? I like this one because I don't know a single homeschooler who has not encountered some sort of resistance from friends or family members <laughs> and very often from a spouse, which is tricky because, you know, you got to actually listen to your spouse when it's their kids too. <laughs> um, but I just have to say that by their fruits, ye shall know them. So if you are struggling to decide about homeschooling or you have a, or you feel strongly about it, but your spouse um, is struggling, then I would recommend meeting some homeschoolers, finding some in your community. This, this was a big one for me because like I said, I felt inspired to do it, but I, but I had my hesitations. So I went to a homeschooling, um, conference, uh, just right at the beginning of our, of our journey. And I sat in a room with a panel of teens, young adults who'd been homeschooled. They sat up on this stage and they fielded questions from a room full of adults. And I was blown away. I just thought if my kid turns out half as eloquent and smart and, you know, well-adjusted as any of those kids on that stage, then I, my job is done. Right. And so I was just so inspired by seeing other kids who had gone through the same thing. So I just say, have faith in yourself, have faith in your knowledge that this is the right choice for you if you've gotten to that point. Um, and I think that your children's development and their amazing education will be proof enough eventually. Um, and, and, and that's for the people that, who it's not really their business, whether or not it's your homeschooling, right? Not necessarily your spouse, like the neighbor, grandma, et cetera. Um, but, but when our friends think it's weird, sometimes we have to have the courage to stand alone, right? In, in episode 12, we talked about intentional parenting. Um, and very often we've had to make those hard choices of standing alone as homeschoolers while everybody else is doing something else because we feel it's right for our family. Um, and then lastly, I would say if it is your spouse, 
um, you know, you can always ask, hey, would you be willing to do a trial run? Let's let's do one semester. Take one semester off school and see what happens. And, uh, you know, you, you could be very pleasantly surprised where, you know, your husband or wife or whoever comes home and goes, wow, the kids are really different. You know, we really see some great fruits. So. All right. My advice is pretty similar. I, I think all your ideas are really great. Um, my first suggestion would be to go to a homeschool convention or conference and take the Doubting Thomas with you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that they can see like if this is just if their opinion is going to affect you, if it's like your neighbor and they have no influence over you or your, your kids or your family or whatever, you know, who cares <laughs> really what they think. But if you, if it's somebody who you really want on your side, go to a homeschool gathering, um, and, and have them, have them go with you. Um, so they can see, um, at a, at a homeschool conference or a homeschool convention, they have tons of vendors. They have what will really open the eyes of the person that's doubting you is to see the amount of colleges that are there recruiting homeschool homeschool students. And this is because I I stopped at a homeschool convention the first year that I saw how many colleges were there. And one guy, he didn't, he wasn't talking to me. And I said, Hey, what's the deal? How come all these colleges are here? And he said, you know what? Colleges are realizing how much better prepared homeschool students are to attend college than public school students are. We don't have to take that first year and bring them up to college readiness because they're already there. They're already Mm -hmm. ready. And this is so valuable to us. Um, Not only do they know how to learn um, and have the knowledge, usually homeschoolers, a lot of homeschoolers come in with credit already. He said, but they, they're more, hmm. okay, I'm just going to say it. He told me they said they're, that homeschoolers are more mature and advanced than their than their peers socially, and they know how to interact better. They engage the professors, and um, he said colleges are heavily actively recruiting homeschool kids. So that might um, help persuade somebody who thinks you're crazy and can't pull it off that homeschooling actually is a good idea. Yeah. Obstacle, our last obstacle we wanted to confront is the one we hear most often, hands down, don't you think, Audrey? Yeah. (laughs) And that is, aren't you nervous your child will be socially stunted or not have the social skills to succeed? How will he get his socialization? Oh, my goodness. This one just really, I have to work at being nice about answering this question because we get it so often. And the, I guess the first, the conclusion I've come down to, the, the best way to get people to really think about this question is I say, so are you happy with the socialization that your public school child is getting? And always, 100% of the time, the parent responds, oh, no. And they start telling me all these bad stories about what kind of socialization their kid is getting in public school. And I just have to say, you know, you answered your own question. I am extremely happy with the socialization that my children get in homeschool because they interact, they socialize with all ages, not just their own peers. And they, I was explaining to my teenage daughters the other day how they might be different had they been 
socialized through public school as opposed to socialized through homeschool. And they were just like, they were in disbelief. But I said, you know, even your mannerisms and your facial expressions would be different because you would be constantly exposed to this from your peers around you. And yeah, I, I just think my children are better socialized (laughs) because they can interact with people of all ages than just their own peers, being able to interact with anybody as opposed to just being able to be good at interacting with their own peers, which my public school friends are telling me their kids aren't good at that either. You know, I, I think that one of the reasons that this is such a concern for people is because many, I'm sure many of us know some homeschool family whose kids turned out strange, right? With, with different social nuances or whatever. But here's the thing. Are all public school kids, quote unquote, normal socially? No. <laughs> so for some reason, because there's fewer homeschoolers and public schoolers, people think, well, I knew a weird homeschooler once, so that must be why they are weird because they are homeschooled. <laughs> That's not the case at all. If I, I found, in fact, I had a friend who was homeschooled and when we were first making the decision, I asked her, I said, you are totally socially savvy. Why do you think that's the case? Everybody keeps telling me that if I homeschool my kids, my kids are going to be weird. She's like, if the parents are socially savvy, the kids will be socially savvy. Like that's just, you know, whether they're public schooled or homeschooled, you know, if a kid turns out weird in public school, it's probably because maybe his parents are a little bit off. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is we have so much more control over the socialization as homeschoolers, right? We don't have to worry about the bullying we don't see happening. We don't, or, or all of the, the negative stuff that might happen out of our eyesight and and earshot in school. Um, And I love that my kids can talk to adults just as comfortably as they talk to kids their age. Um, They know how to interact with small children, with older children. There's really nothing lifelike about sticking a bunch of kids in a room with peers all their same age and having them work it out, right? Are you ever going to replicate that in real life? No, never. There's no other situation (laughs) in life except maybe a nursing home. Still, you can still be 20 years apart. <laughs> can, did I just seriously compare public school to a nursing home? <laughs> just, just the socialization aspect. Yeah. Maybe you ought to edit that out. I don't know, but it's true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, and I love that, you know, sometimes I will say that uh, on times when we've been home a lot, I feel like my kids aren't you know, seeing enough friends or seeing enough people outside of our home. And so we'll go to the library and I'll say, you need to go check out this book by yourself. So they have to go ask where it is and they have to figure it out and they have to go to the scary lady at the desk and ask her questions. Um, Or I'll say, I'm going to drop you off at somebody's house. You're going to go knock on their door and um, ask if their kid can play. Right. So we get to control these scenarios and offer them whatever they need to develop them. And every kid is different. Some kids are so socially savvy. They don't need any help and others need a little bit of encouragement. So yeah, there's just, there's so many reasons this is not a real concern, but it, for right. some reason it seems to be a big one. Right. Actually, I tell, I often tell people when they ask me that question, I say, you know, being in control of socializing my kids is one of the main reasons I'm homeschooling. And that also <laughs> gives them thought pause to think about the kind of socialization that kids are getting in public schools or aren't getting in public right. schools and on school buses. Oh my goodness. What a nightmare. Mm-hmm. This is true. Okay, so my final thoughts are just that um, if you are feeling some op- feeling the push to homeschool, but you're looking at the obstacles, I would encourage you to turn around and look at the benefits. You know, mostly in this episode, Bonnie and I have focused on the positives about homeschooling. We haven't really 
discussed a lot about the negatives of public schooling, but we've focused so much on the positives of homeschooling because there are so many and it's such an amazing thing. And so if you are focusing on the obstacles and and they're real, I mean, you know, we get asked them a lot, but if you're focusing on the negative and on the obstacles, maybe it's time to turn around and focus on the positive and, and what it could do for you. And like Bonnie said, you know, just give it a try, give it a trial run and see what happens. Every single public school on, on planet earth will take homeschoolers back. If it doesn't work out, there's no public school that's going to turn you away. So give it a try. Yeah. It's pretty low risk. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. One final thought I wanted to share is this public school is a relatively new concept. Um, Even private school, you know, the act of congregating a bunch of kids of the same age in a classroom and teaching them. It's it's really relatively new. And so if you feel fear like, oh, I'm not qualified to do this thing, just realize that <laughs> many millions, billions of parents before you have done it and they have done it successfully. That, that always speaks a little bit of peace into my heart when I get nervous. Um, so we are going to include some resources that we talked about already in the episode, but in addition to those, I'm going to add two blog posts that I wrote several years ago about homeschool. One is, um, showcases our daily homeschool schedule and it's constantly changing, but it's a little snippet in time in case you're curious about what that looks like. And the other one is an article on how to know if homeschooling is right for you. So I found lots of friends asking me questions about it because they're thinking about it. And this is just kind of like a a step-by-step uh, process to walk yourself through the thought process if, if that's something that you're thinking about. Thanks so much for tuning in. Did you know you can help the podcast in several ways? First up, we're on Patreon, and there are three different levels to support us there. Just head to patreon.com slash outnumbered. Next up, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a written review on iTunes. It helps other parents find the podcast and receive the help you're enjoying. And finally, you can follow us on Instagram at Outnumber the Podcast. We're always having fun over there, too. As usual, if you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, you can reach us at outnumberthepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. Um, I'm going to let you start with your, if you have an, an experience or something, because okay. I've just been talking a lot. Okay. <laughs> Bonnie, you're too conscientious about how much you talk. (laughs) I talk a lot. (laughs) Uh.